It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented by FantasyPoints.com. Just make sure you use the code FEAST. That is where you finish the 2020 fantasy football campaign strong and win money and win bragging rights and beat your buddies. Finish strong with fantasypoints.com, code feast. My buddy Joe Dolan dominates over there with John Hanson and Greg Cosell and a cast of like dozens, literally dozens. He's at FG underscore Dolan on social media. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the YouTube is youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And we are at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So either on the YouTube page or you, if you follow at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter and Instagram, you get the highlight clips of every show that we produce here on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. So that's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, College Draft, Business of Sports, and of course, the Fantasy Feast Podcast the show that's so nice, we do it twice. Actually had a guy this week, Joe, email and say, can I get a Fantasy Feast t-shirt? And I said, no, we don't have those. We don't have them. <laughs> yeah, but if you'd like, I'm sure Joe Dolan can send you more Fantasy Points gear than you could ever want in your whole life. FantasyPoints.com, code FEAST. Joe, it's a weird week. Is this the last week for buys or the second to last week for buys? Uh, it's the third to last week for buys because we have buys in week 11. We do not have buys in week 12, but we have buys in week 13, which really sucks for fantasy, by the way. So wait a minute. Here we are, week 10. There are buys. There's four buys. Week 11, next week we have buys. We have four buys next week. Week 12, we have none. We have, uh, excuse me, next week I think we only have, uh, I think next week we only have, no, we have four buys next week. We have none in week 12, and then we have two in week 13. Interesting. That I mean, yeah. that's, that's fantasy crunch time to have a couple buys. Yeah, we, we've got, uh, in week in week 13, the Buccaneers are off, and I believe the Panthers are off in week 13. So, uh, you know, maybe we're looking at this uh, from this stage. Maybe Christian McCaffrey doesn't come back until week 14. Um, if this shoulder injury is going to linger. So I, I think, um, yeah, week 13 having buys, especially a team like the Bucks and the Panthers, teams that are that are very good for fantasy. Um, well, at least the Bucks weren't last week. But, um, yeah, it kind of stinks. But there's no buys in week 12, no buys on Thanksgiving week. Okay. We also have a weird week. I think it's because of the Masters, Joe, with more late games and early games. I've never seen this before in my life. I never have either. Um, I can't believe it. We're going to have two, I, I guess, not even really even podcasts because uh, we're going to have we're going to have eight later games and on just six early games. On I mean, normally our our second podcast is like fifteen twenty minutes long because we only have to cover a handful of games. Not the case this week. Uh, the, it's the first one that's going to be shorter. Yep. So let's get right into it because of that. We always start with the Thursday nighter. And it is the Tennessee Titans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. 
Uh, it's going to be one of those games where I wonder if, because of the division, I'm going to take a look at the lines right now. Um, but I, my first instinct for this game is take the under. And if my first instinct here on Wednesday right now is take the under, you could be guaranteed that a lot of bettors have already have already bet that down. Um, we got a line. Oh, actually, really, forty eight and a half. Hmm. I feel like it might go a little bit up and un- uh, under that total. Uh, but we're we're dealing with a couple offenses here that are struggling right now. We know the problems Indianapolis is having on the ground with Jonathan Taylor, um, Jordan Wilkins, and, and, and Naeem Hines. There's a three-man rotation. Taylor might be dealing with some confidence issues. He's not uh, his fumble completely changed that game against Baltimore last week. So that's a problem. Uh, for them, the run game, I, I think you're going to focus on the matchup. The offensive line for Indianapolis against Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle from Tennessee. It's going to be a huge matchup. If you like trench football, and I know you do, Ross, uh, Quentin Nelson against Jeffrey Simmons is going to be nice. That entire Indianapolis offensive line. It looks like the Colts are going to be able to get T.Y. Hilton back for this game. I'm not sure how much that matters. He hasn't been very good this year. Um, Jack Doyle is not going to play. He's in concussion protocol. What does that mean? I'm going to say more targets for Trey Burton because um, as Stephen Holder of The Athletic wrote this week, when Jack Doyle misses, Mo Alley-Cox blocks more. So I'm wondering if that's good news for Trey Burton. Um, But I could see this being a pretty low-scoring game from Indianapolis' side of the football. They just don't have anybody who's making explosive plays. So I I want you guys, I've been doing a reading on this game. Keep an eye on one player when you're watching this game Thursday night. Not saying he's a fantasy option, but this is from Stephen Holder, who I just quoted about um, talking about Mo Alley-Cox. He says UDFA wide receiver DeMichael Harris is somebody that the Colts have been trying to get in there, use him kind of in that Paris Campbell role. That is the sign of a team that absolutely knows it has no speed whatsoever on offense. They are trying to manufacture speed, and they're willing to get it from anywhere they can. I think this is a very restricted offense. Indianapolis, to me, is a team that wins with the defense. Yeah, and uh, to your point, Joe, it is a 48.5-point total on DraftKings, which is the sports book that we use for all totals, everything. We've talked other weeks, talk about on the Even Money podcast, how important it is to look at the totals, the team totals. DraftKings Sportsbook app has all of that. Um, what about on the other side with the Tennessee Titans? They were able to cover the spread against the Bears last week. I know they're typically a narrow team. How about it? Like Corey Davis and AJ Brown flipped, Joe. Again, yeah. Um, Corey Davis had um, no catches last week, but I want to. I want to just uh, call out like these guys are human beings, um, and there's a really tragic situation with Tennessee. Corey Davis's older brother, um, Titus Davis, who is the uh, all-time leading receiver in the history of Central Michigan University, passed away this week after battling a rare cancer. Um, so, uh, he passed away, uh, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. It's awful news. Um, obviously thoughts out to Corey Davis. And I think everybody on planet earth would understand if Corey Davis does not play in this game on Thursday. So just thoughts out to him. That is a tragic situation to lose, to lose a brother. And, and, and I I mean, unfortunately we have to translate that into football talk. And if he doesn't go, you're looking at a restricted offense against a, a, a defense that's better than the defense that Tennessee faced last week. Tennessee gained just 228 yards from scrimmage and averaged 4.1 yards per play against Chicago last week. Chicago, after last week, is fourth in Football Outsiders DVOA defensively. 
Indianapolis is third. The Colts also have football outsiders number two run defense by DVOA. So for the second straight week, this is a tough matchup for Derrick Henry. Roger Saffold, the left guard for the Titans, he's banged up. So uh, he's going to go, but he might be less than 100% against DeForest Buckner and company. That is a huge problem. So I view A.J. Brown as the most important player for the Indianapolis Colts in this game. You can look at the tight ends as well. Obviously, we broke down the tragic situation with Corey Davis, and our thoughts are with him. But you look at the tight ends. Michael Pruitt is out with a knee injury. So I think Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser, also with Adam Humphreys dealing with the concussion protocol, as important options for the Tennessee Titans in this game. I think A.J. Brown and those two tight ends, they're going to they're gonna run the ball with Derrick Henry. We know they're going to do that, but it's a very tough matchup to do it this week. I had not heard that, Joe. Thank you for sharing the news. That is awful, absolutely awful um, on so many different levels. And, yeah, it does impact, you know, for people that are playing I mean, on draft games. I don't know if he's going to play or not, Ross. I mean, you know, these things are very personal. Um, but, like, you just hope Corey Davis makes the right decision for himself and his family. We feel Like, you, you feel awful for him. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the Eagles and the Giants. Eagles coming off of a bye. It's Wednesday at noon when we record this typically. It looks like Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders are going to practice today, Joe. Yeah, the Eagles and are Isaac getting Samalo, and Isaac Samalo. It, it looks like the Eagles are getting healthier coming off the bye, obviously up front with the offensive line. Uh, the Eagles alluded that Jordan Mailata is not going to play if Jason Peters and Lane Johnson are active, and that just does not make sense to me, quite frankly, Ross. I mean, I think the Eagles should be looking to develop Jordan Mailata as much as they can to see if he's their left tackle of the future. But, I mean, you can argue that their offensive line is in much better shape than it was just two weeks ago um, when in that game against Dallas. Obviously, the big talk has been Carson Wentz th- this week. And, you know, the thing about Wentz that's frustrating is – his games now, the turnovers are just are just ridiculous. And it almost feels like it's a mental block right now with Carson Wentz, where he's like, I I gotta make a play. And and he makes some spectacular plays. You even saw that against Dallas. Like he made a couple of spectacular touchdown throws, the one to Fulgham and and then uh, of course the one to Jalen Rager that was on the money. And and then he makes these god-awful turnovers. And I'm not sure where this mental block is coming from because Wentz is a playmaker, but he was not this guy in terms of uh, in terms of turnovers and reckless throws. He's always held the ball on. Uh, he's always held onto the ball a little bit too long, and that's why his fumbles are high. I think you live with that. You live with that if he's making plays in the passing game. But the interceptions are now ridiculous for Wentz, and I think that's where the criticism has come. I want to see if they've gotten. Um, if they've gotten into his head and said, Carson, you don't have to do too much right now. We're getting healthier. Dallas Goddard's back. Travis Fulgham's emerged. Jalen Rager's back. You still got Greg Ward. Alshon Jeffries on his way back. Um, it, Miles Sanders is back. We got Boston Scott in the backfield. You don't have to do it all by yourself anymore. And that that has to be a coaching point for the Eagles over the bye week. You do not have to do it all by yourself. Um, this is a Giants team, though, on the other side that's improved. Um, if I if I if I'm playing the Eagles, I, Wentz is a good starter. 
as long as you're not punished too much for turnovers uh, this week, he still has upside. He's been putting up fantasy numbers because he's been running as well. Miles Sanders is in your lineup. Travis Fulgham is in your lineup. Um, and you obviously have uh, Dallas Goddard in your lineup. He's a top five or six tight end at this stage uh, as he comes back from injury. You can also take a shot on Jalen Rager as well. But hopefully the coaching point to the for the Eagles over the bye week was to Wentz. We are getting healthier. You do not have to do it all by yourself anymore. What about for the New York Giants? They got a win, kind of weird one. They won the turnover battle. I don't know if you're feeling a lot better than about them offensively or not. Well, not great. I mean, Darius Slayton, uh, we saw against Darius Slay a couple weeks ago, uh, didn't have the big game. He's been kind of pushed to the wayside in favor of Sterling Shepard, who's my favorite giant receiver to play right now. They even got Austin Mack, a UDFA, involved uh, last week. So uh, Sterling Shepard is, is a wide receiver three. He's my favorite giant receiver to play. I, I'm not starting Daniel Jones this week. Um, I think the Eagles can get after him, force him into some turnovers. Uh, Evan Ingram is a tight end one. I, I think he's going to be looking for some redemption after he dropped that potential game-winning pass against the Eagles a number of weeks ago. And Wayne Gallman, he's looking pretty good. I think you can fire him up as an RB2. I think even if Devontae Freeman can play in this game, I think the Giants, with the way Gallman's been running, would be foolish to go away from him. Jags at the Green Bay Packers. Jake Luton, Joe, got your boy DJ Chark to go off. Yeah, and that was good. Uh, there's only two guys I think you can consider from the Jags at this point, though. It's it's James Robinson and it's DJ Chark. And the problem with DJ Chark is, does he catch a shadow from Jair Alexander this week? And that's the big question. I have him as a wide receiver three. James Robinson is a running back one. That's about it until we see more from Jake Luton. Packers on the other side. What do we know about the running backs coming off of Thursday night game and the COVID list? Uh, I'm guessing, uh, obviously, Aaron Jones is probably going to be good to go. And at this stage, he's the only one you can play. Um, uh, I don't know if they pulled Jamal Williams off the COVID list yet, but Aaron Jones is an RB1. You're going to fire him up. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, you know what to do with these guys in this matchup. Uh, you play them. It's a great matchup. They're going to be very popular for DFS, uh, as they should be, um, as will Aaron Jones, because you expect Green Bay to, uh, to kind of run away with this game at home. They're 13-point favorites. So uh, the one guy I'm keeping an eye on his status is that of Alan Lazard. They activated his window to come back from IR with core muscle surgery. All of a sudden, Alan Lazard gets back to practice, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling scores two touchdowns last week. So welcome to the NFL, MBS. Thanks for thanks for showing up. Um, but I would anticipate when Alan Lazard is back, he is going to start opposite Devontae Adams. Am I playing him for fantasy just yet? Probably not. But he's somebody who should be picked up and added to the back of your benches. Remember, he had that breakout game in the same game that he got hurt. Uh, I believe that was against the Saints a number of weeks ago. Washington at Detroit. I believe Matthew Stafford is in the concussion protocol for Washington. It's going to be Alex Smith starting some good, some bad. Joe, is Steven Sims a guy now? Well, unfortunately, they didn't catch a pass last week. Uh, Cam Sims did, though. Oh, my uh, gosh. They have, they have multiple Sims on that roster. How is that possible? I knew I was going to screw that up. That's yeah. not Cam Sims, not Steven Sims. Uh, uh, I'm probably staying away uh, from Cam Sims. Uh, uh, I don't know what the upside is here. Terry McLaurin, I think you can play him now. 
um, with, with some confidence. Alex Smith was stretching the field a little bit. I was happy to see that. But Alex Smith is still gone to Alex Smith, Ross. Did you see how many targets J.D. McKissick had last week? No. 14. 14 targets for J.D. McKissick. To me, he's like the new James White. He's not going to carry the football, but Alex Smith is going to check it down to him incessantly. And as we record this on Wednesday, I saw a report from Washington practice that uh, that Antonio Gibson is off working to the side, which indicates he's probably dealing with a little bit of a minor ailment. Keep an eye on that. J.D. McKissick is going to play a lot of snaps in this game. So uh, I expect him to be kind of a low-end RB2 in PPR. I think you can play him at that level. Um, Alex Smith. I'm I'm not I'm not there yet for fantasy, but McKissick, Antonio Gibson are kind of on the RB two range. Terry McLaurin is somebody you could fire up as a as a wide receiver too. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in the production for tight end Logan Thomas last week against the Giants, but he did have six targets. He is somebody you can consider if you're in a strap at tight end. Detroit. Oh, I mean, do you have to wait to see what the deal is with Stafford? <sighs> yeah. Um, but I'm not I'm not thrilled about Stafford without Kenny Galladay. I mean, it, it, I, I I at this point I think Detroit is just a poorly coached team, Ross. I, I mean, they they are insistent on getting Adrian Peterson and and on Johnson on the field when when DeAndre Swift is making explosive plays for them. Uh, it, I I just don't get it. I think they're poorly coached. They 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 love runs on first and ten more than anybody in the NFL. That's anecdotal, but I venture to guess that they are right up at the top in terms of first and ten runs. Um, and and it's just it is restricting their entire offense. This is a badly coached football team. Marvin Jones is a wide receiver three. Hawkinson's a tight end one. Swift is an RB two on the lower end, although they're they're actively hurting themselves by getting this three man rotation going. And if Stafford doesn't play, I'm probably taking Marvin Jones out of my lineup. I mean, it's just awful at this stage for Detroit. Next game up, Joe, it is Houston at Cleveland. I believe there might be a little bit of weather there. I thought it was interesting. Greg Cosell on last week's Ross Tucker football podcast said that that Sean Watson's playing the best football of his career. And and like it just goes to show you how big a disaster the Texans are that they're two and six with Deshaun Watson playing the best football of his career. But they're on to something. I mean, he's he's throwing the ball aggressively down the field. He has turned Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, and I'll take the L on Brandon Cooks. I said when before Bill O'Brien got fired, he had a goose egg game, and I'm like, just drop the guy. I mean, Bill O'Brien missed another one, and. And, and But no, I mean, they've actually actively – they've used him well. Watson's throwing the ball beautifully. The offensive line is protecting him. I think Will Fuller is a wide receiver too, and Brandon Cooks is a wide receiver too at this stage. And Deshaun Watson is a hammer quarterback one. And you play him each and every week. There is obviously a big situation to keep an eye on, though. Duke Johnson v. David Johnson in the backfield. David Johnson is in concussion protocol. He is not practicing on Wednesday – Obviously, that's something he's got to pre- he's got to pass the protocol. If he does, he's an RB two. If he doesn't go, Duke Johnson's an RB two. Um, let's move on now to the other team in the game, of course, and that is Cleveland. Cleveland coming off of the bye. It looks like Chubb is back. Chubb's back. Baker Mayfield is off the COVID list, so he is going to play. He was a close contact, uh, but as of now, he is off the he was off the the COVID list, so he's going to go. So I'm looking at Houston right now. Here is the big situation in this game. 
while you can throw on Houston, and, and I would think, you know, when it comes to that game Cleveland played against Vegas before the bye, it, it's a throw-the-tape-out game. The weather was awful. You know, if you had Rashard Higgins and he's not catching a pass, it was a bad weather game. Baker did not play well. It was bad conditions. So just I, I, I'll, I'll give Baker a pass on that one. What I, what I am looking at in this game, though, is the fact that Houston's run defense, DVOA, is 28th in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders. I think with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back and healthy, I think the Browns are going to run the living hell out of the football in this game. I think Nick Chubb will be the lead guy. Maybe a little bit under-owned in DFS because uh, he's coming back from injury, but I would anticipate those two guys are going to get at least 25 carries between them. Uh, and then they'll filter the passing game through the tight ends. Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper. Hooper is the guy he's coming off the appendectomy. Maybe he's out there on your waiver wire if you want somebody to pick up. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Baker's not really a fantasy option for me, but Jarvis Landry is. I think he's a wide receiver three. You probably want to wait a week to see what happens with Rashard Higgins, but I think this is a game, and with Nick Chubb coming back, they're going to run the football. You know, Here's the other thing. We know that the Browns are going to run the football. We also know that a lot of people, Joe, have credit card debt. And that's okay, especially people in their 20s and 30s. That's fine. What bothers me is I've got some buddies, people I know, that don't know about Lightstream. They don't refinance their high-interest credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Rates fixed, it'll never go up. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000. If you have credit card debt, just do this. Like, this is what you should do. My listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. Only way to get it, lightstream.com slash feast, L-I-G-H-T. S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash feast. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. Fran, Fran, gosh. Can you tell I just recorded something with Fran Duffy from yeah. before this? <laughs> That's uh, fine. Joe, it's Bucks, it's Panthers. What the hell happened to the Bucks? And is that Antonio Brown mojo? Uh, I'm not going to go there just yet. <laughs> I think they played a really, really, really crappy football game. Uh, how about Bruce Arians, though, calling out Tom Brady? Mike Evans was open. He just wasn't getting targeted. Bruce Arians gives zero Fs, Ross. He doesn't care whose quarterback is, Tom Brady or Jameis Winston. He's going to call him out if he thinks he's playing crappy. Um, uh, I, it was a throw-the-tape-out game. Carolina's defense eh, – we'll give the Saints some credit. We know The Saints' defense had been underachieving. Well, they came and they showed up in a big way in that game against Buccaneers, pressuring Brady, three interceptions. Um, I don't think Carolina's going to do the same thing. I think uh, all three of the Buccaneer wide receivers – Evans, Godwin, and Brown are wide receiver threes this week. I think high-end in that regard. I think they're high-end wide receiver threes. Um, you know, the run game was terrible. Ronald Jones, you know, every week I'm like, oh, I was wrong for yelling at the Rojo Truthers. And then and the next week I'm like, I was right for yelling at the Rojo Truthers. 
It's a mediocre backfield. Leonard Fournette's the passing down back. He is the better option right now. I think Tom Brady bounces back and is a QB one this week. Gronk is a tight end one. Brady looks for him. I think that was a throw the tape out kind of game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I, I don't know how you can evaluate what their offense looks like when they are in such a game that was as non-competitive as that. I don't expect that to continue. Carolina on the other side, um, you know, they put up good numbers against the Chiefs. They're a pretty good fantasy team. It, it, by the way, Christian McCaffrey will not be playing in the game. No, he's, and he's apparently getting a second opinion on his shoulder. And when you get a second opinion, that often means the first wasn't to your liking. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Our, our guy, uh, Edwin Porras, doctor of physical therapy up at fantasypoints.com said, if it's a typical AC sprain, he's going to miss two to three weeks. As I just mentioned at the top of the podcast, Carolina's on bye in week 13. So there's a chance maybe he doesn't come back till week 14 means Mike Davis is back in play. Unfortunately, it's against this buck run defense, which is notorious for its ability to shut Christian McCaffrey down. So Mike Davis is going to have to do it in the passing game. Good news is he's capable of that. The one guy I am focusing on for Carolina, though, is a guy who, I mean, as as heading into this week, he was rostered in under 20% of Yahoo leagues, and he is a weekly starter at this stage for fantasy. That is Curtis Samuel, the wide receiver, third-year guy out of Ohio State. They misused him last year. They completely miscast him as just a deep threat. Kyle Allen couldn't hit the broadside of a barn throwing down the field to Curtis Samuel last year. He caught about 50% of his targets last year from Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. This year, he's catching close to 90%. He's 38 of 43. He's getting two, three rush attempts every game. He had 100 yards receiving last week against Kansas City. Joe Brady has figured out how to use Curtis Samuel. And right now, Curtis Samuel is the best Panther wide receiver for fantasy football purposes. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, kind of wide receiver threes. I think Curtis Samuel's a wide receiver too right now. They're using him in so many different ways that are good for fantasy. Wow. Strong comments, Joe. I love it. I love those of you that go to fantasypoints.com and use the code FEAST. Love those of you that engage with this show via social media in any way, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. And for the first time ever, episode two is going to be longer than episode one, and it'll be in your podcast app shortly after midnight. Don't miss it. I'm stuffed, but got plenty of room for part number two of the Fantasy Feast podcast here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.